وعلى أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وشفيعنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ما بعد Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, our protector. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. I hope and pray, my brothers and sisters, that you and your family are all doing well on this blessed Friday by the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This week, my brothers and sisters, the world has been closely watching what is happening south of the border, the U.S. presidential election. A type of election that we are not accustomed to seeing in the West. A relatively new set of circumstances and behaviors that have not been seen in the last half century or so, perhaps even more. A set of circumstances and behaviors that leave much to be learned and to reflect upon regarding leadership and the behavior and attitudes of citizens. A test of the concept of democracy itself and raises questions and opportunities for improvement perhaps as well. The idea that leaders could be accountable for their decisions or the idea that leaders should be accountable for their decisions and their actions is indeed a very powerful one. When there are good leaders, accountability may be easy or may not even be needed because the leader is so good. But the position of leadership, unfortunately or ironically, is one that often attracts those who don't deserve it or who aren't good at it or it attracts those who want to abuse it. And in that regard, it can be quite useful to have the opportunity to get rid of a leader after four or five years, along with having other checks and balances. However, the mechanisms that are in place can also be misused and their weaknesses taken advantage of, as we are seeing in some parts of the world. From an Islamic perspective, my brothers and sisters, Leadership is a necessity, and it should be seen as such. It should not be a desire. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا خَرَجَ سَلَاثَةٌ فِي سَفَرٌ That when three persons go out on a journey, let them appoint one of them as the Amir. And there's another hadith related in Musnad Ahmad that states that Abdullah ibn Umar عنهما, narrated that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ said, that لا, لا يحل لثلاثة نفر يكونون بأرض فلات إلا أمروا عليهم أحدهم 
that it is not lawful for three people to be in the wilderness or a deserted land except that they select one of them as a leader meaning that when there is no amir when there is no leadership it is incumbent upon the people who are part of uh, who are in a place to choose a leader from amongst themselves now the main qualities of a leader should be that they are uh, knowledgeable regarding the aspects of the job that they have to fulfill that they have piety and god consciousness they're honest they're trustworthy they have ability and they have experience now one of the key roles of leadership in islam my brothers and sisters is to consult seriously with relevant stakeholders before making a decision this is one of the qualities of those who believe and rely on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he tells us in the quran there are those whose affairs are determined whose affair is determined by consultation among themselves and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and consult them o prophet in matters meaning of public concern and abu huraira radiallahu anhu said that i never saw anyone consult his companions more often than the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so consultation is the prophetic way it is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and it is something that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took very seriously to consult with stakeholders whenever a decision and especially a serious decision has to be made now the responsibility of those who are being asked right somebody may ask you for advice perhaps a person will come and ask you for your thoughts so the responsibility of one who is being asked is to be fair and sincere in giving advice you know there are uh, a hadith that talk about the number of rights of a muslim upon another and one of them is that when he seeks counsel then give him advice right when he seeks counsel then give him advice meaning give advice which is proper and sincere and there's another hadith where the prophet is reported to have said that the person whose counsel is sought is a trustee when they counsel then they must counsel with what they would propose to themselves right so the level of sincerity should be so much that a person should uh, put themselves in the other person's shoes or in the questioner's shoes and give the advice that they would give to themselves or the course of action that they would act upon themselves if they were in that situation and the implication is that to do it otherwise is a breach of trust right so this is something which is very serious even being asked about our opinion or when someone is consulting with us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us regarding this the general command is that whenever you judge between people to do so with justice and this could apply in numerous situations for example selecting people for various roles so for example the role of uh, uh of being uh, a leader uh, or uh you know when we are voting as an example or deciding a claim between two people um choosing one person's opinion over another right? in all of these circumstances the uh, the the responsibility is to make a fair and informed decision not just based on conjecture not just based on biases or or promises even right and when when we are voting because we are we are referring to 
you know, elections. So first and foremost, it is a judgment regarding the person's character and suitability for office. That is the number one thing, right? I mean, a lot of people are surprised, you know, how could so many people vote for this candidate or that candidate when, you know, the candidate appears to be this way or that way, right? And the reality is, is that a lot of people end up voting with their heart, right? They end up wanting to believe the things that they want to believe in. They want to get the, you know, the the uh, the promises that are being made, for example. And there could be a multitude of reasons why people choose one candidate over another or one party or party over another. But at the, the, the first primary consideration should be the person's character and their suitability for office, right? For holding that position, regardless of what promises they're made, but regardless of what other, you know, uh, uh, what other factors may be in play. Now, regarding consultation, once there has been a consultation and a decision has been made that is in the best interest of the stakeholders as a whole, then our responsibility is to place our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Don't revisit the decision, don't doubt it, don't be you know, inconfident about it, or don't be stuck in confusion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says regarding that verse, وَشَابِرُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ And consult them in the affairs. فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ Then when you have taken a decision, you put your trust in Allah. Certainly, in Allah يُحِبُّ الْمُتَوَكِّلِينَ Certainly, Allah loves those who put their trust in Him. So these are the basic principles of governance in Islam. Now, from an Islamic perspective, leadership is not something to vie for, right? And this is something that we see today and has been going on for many number of centuries, that people want to become leaders, right? But from an Islamic perspective, always remember, brothers and sisters, that leadership is not something to desire, is not something to vie for. Unless there's a great need and one is sincere and capable of fulfilling its obligation and duties, right? That is the only time if there is a true need and if people who are sincere and honest and who are qualified for the job do not step forward, then people who are unqualified, who are incapable, who do not deserve those positions are going to end up filling that vacuum. Then in that situation, it may even become a responsibility to step forward and to, uh, and to, to protect those positions. Now Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Ya Rasulullah, will you not appoint me to a public office? What did he say? O oh, Ya Rasulullah, O oh, Messenger of Allah, will you not appoint me to a public office? And he says that, that the Prophet ﷺ stroked my shoulder, he stroked my shoulder with his hand and he said, Ya Aba Dhar, inna ka da'if. O oh, Abu Dhar, you are weak. Wa innaha amana. And the authority is a trust, it is an amana. Wa innaha yawm al-qiyamati khizyun wa nadama. And on the day of judgment, it is a cause of humiliation and regret. What is it? So the public office is going to be or is a cause of humiliation and regret. Except for who? Except for one who takes it by right. Who takes it by right. And fulfills its duties properly. So it is a, a tremendous responsibility. It is not something to vie for. Right? Who wants to sign up for humiliation and regret on the day of judgment? Right? Who wants to have that liability? Who wants to have that responsibility upon their shoulders, that higher level of accountability, very high level of accountability, depending on the position? So this is something not to vie for because it is a trust. It is something that will increase a person's accountability in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it, it will be a, a cause of humiliation and regret, except for the person who takes it by right, who takes it through the proper means, and fulfills its duties 
and its responsibilities. Then remember, the greater the role, and that's always needs to be reminded to us because, you know, in, in this dunya, we often strive. People want power. We want, you know, positions. We like to be appointed and nominated and like to have our name and fame, right? All of those things. But remember that the greater the role, the more the obligations. The greater the role, the more the obligations, and then the greater the risk of humiliation, remorse on the day of judgment. This is why we would see that our, our salaf, you know, our great scholars, pious predecessors, they would even be afraid of leading salah, right? Like they wouldn't put themselves forward. They wouldn't want to lead salah because of the responsibility that comes with it, right? They would be hesitant even to put themselves in that position. They would much rather have someone else lead. So this is not something that we should be desiring or we should be enjoying any role of leadership, but rather it should be seen as a necessity and it should be seen as a source uh, of great responsibility or should be seen as a great responsibility that could become a liability as well. And thus a person's, uh, actions and attitudes when in that position should guide uh, uh, should be guided by this concern and this fear of having that high level of accountability. Now, while we may not be leaders in official capacities, we must remember, my brothers and sisters, that at one point or another, we all will most likely act as leaders in some way. And that authority, that responsibility comes with responsibility as well. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that every one of you is a shepherd and responsible for his flock and is responsible is accountable will be asked about his flock right whether you are a father or a husband a mother a wife an employee a head of a team you know a leader in a project whatever it is there is always responsibility and accountability that comes with authority and responsibility authority and leadership so it is a type of trust. Now being entrusted with something means greater accountability. So like I said, it's not something to vie for unless there's a serious need for it and uh, or it is for the greater good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Inna allaha ya'murukum an tu'addul amanati ila ahliha That verily Allah commands you to fulfill your trust to those whom it is due. So being in a position of authority or leadership no matter how small is a trust upon you. So you deal with it as such, with seriousness and with diligence. Deal with it with diligence. Make every effort to be scrupulous and to give your best to fulfill that trust. So it is not something to vie for, but if you're asked or if you're in encouraged by people of knowledge, of wisdom, and you have the required experience or the knowledge or the skill, then you step forward to serve, and that is a duty but it is a service that you are providing and you are serving it is not that others need to serve you and this should not uh, this should never be for personal gain or for fame or for feeling power and or authority but rather to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the best of one's ability so you deal with that trust carefully you know uh, be just to the best of your ability consult stakeholders have humility consider opinions carefully even if it's against your own even if it's against your own, you have to consider opinions because perhaps someone who's giving advice is giving you uh, that is not your your opinion, but perhaps someone is giving opinion that or an advice which is actually in the uh, in the best interest of uh, of of the community of society of the group that you're leading. And if you fall short, and we are all human beings, and at some point we are going to make mistakes, then we admit our mistake, we apologize, and if it is serious enough, we consider moving aside. Now when the Prophet 
passed away. Now, uh, let me backtrack a little bit. During the life of the Prophet wasallam, there was no question about leadership because, of course, the Prophet wasallam was there. When the Prophet wasallam passed away, uh, of course, it came as a tremendous uh, shock. It came as a tremendous shock to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. It was uh, something that uh, was very difficult for them. It was something that, um, of course, as human beings, the, you know, everyone knows that everyone has to pass away. But it was not something that they probably had imagined or something they had uh, considered. So there was, uh, you know, it was a very difficult time for them. Uh, it was a very, it was very challenging for them to accept what had happened. And there was quite a bit of discussion and, uh, you know, negotiation. Some may describe it as a bit of chaos as well, perhaps. Allah knows best. Uh, regarding uh, who is going to lead after the Prophet But eventually Sayyidina Abu Bakr anhu was chosen as the first Khalifa Now his first khutbah upon being made the leader is notable His first khutbah that he delivered um, upon being made the leader is notable And is filled with many lessons uh, For us as leaders, each in our own capacity And as communities and as individuals as well Remember that all that he is saying is coming straight from what he has learned during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, directly from the Prophet ﷺ. So he says, O oh people, I have been appointed over you, though I am not the best amongst you. I have been appointed over you, though I am not the best amongst you. If I do well, then help me. And if I act wrongly, then correct me. Truthfulness is synonymous with Fulfilling the trust. And lying is equivalent to treachery. The weak among you is deemed strong by me. The weak among you are deemed strong by me until I return to them that which is rightfully theirs, inshallah. And the strong among you is deemed or are deemed weak by me until I take from them what is rightfully someone else's, inshallah. No group of people... <clears throat> Abandon struggle in the path of Allah, except that Allah makes them suffer humiliation. And evil and mischief does not become widespread among a people, except that Allah inflicts them with widespread calamity. Obey me so long as I obey Allah and His Messenger, وسلم, and if I dis disobey Allah and His Messenger, وسلم, then I have no right to your obedience. Now, my brothers and sisters, there's a few important points I'd like to go through very quickly. So first of all, he says that I have been appointed over you, right? This shows that it is not his desire, but he was appointed. He was appointed by the people and it was agreeable to most people. He says, though I am not the best amongst you. So he has humility. So this fact that he has been appointed as the Khalifa, as the first Khalifa after the Prophet wasallam, right, does not get to his head. He does not try to act like he's better than everyone else. He does not try to act like you know he's superior or that he deserved this position. He doesn't celebrate. Rather, he says, I, I have been appointed over you even though I am not the best amongst you. Secondly, he highlights the right of the people to scrutinize their leaders and to correct them. He says that if I do well, then help me. If I act wrongly, then correct me. Right. So it affirms the right of the people to guide their leaders when they err. Right? Nowadays, subhanAllah, what happens in one case? A scholar writes a letter uh, to the leader, to the head of state, and yani, he is not criticizing him publicly, he's not shaming him, he's not 
speaking against him to others, he simply writes a letter to give sincere nasiha. And what happens as a result? He's arrested. Huh? He's arrested. Why? Because he gave sincere nasiha to the leader. Right? This is not the way of the Prophet. This is not the way of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So um, he says that, you know, if, if I act wrongly, then correct me. So it affirms the right of the people to guide or at least advise the leaders when they err. And it also makes it clear that the era of prophetic infalli infallibility was over. Right? The Prophet ﷺ was infallible, but those leaders who are going to come after him are going to be fallible. They are going to make mistakes. They are or at least susceptible to making mistakes. And in the Khilafah of Abu Bakr anhu, the citizens are expected to correct the leaders. It's not just allowed. It's not something that's just allowed, but rather they're expected that if there is a mistake that is made, they are going to come forward and correct him. And similarly, each one of us is a leader in our own capacity, and he should be open to being corrected, but of course that should be done in a dignified and respectful manner. Thirdly, he talks about truthfulness, right? saying that it is synonymous with fulfilling the trust, and lying is tantamount to treachery. right? So he announces that truthfulness should be the basis of all dealings between a leader and their people. And uh, this needs to be the case if the people are to build or develop a sense of trust in their leader. It is hard to accept mistakes. It is indeed hard, difficult to accept mistakes or to tell people about things which don't look good, but doing so is better than lying about it. Doing that, taking that hit initially is much better than lying about it. And again, this applies to every single one of us, whether it's leadership in the home, whether it's leadership at work, whether it's leadership in any other situation. Number four, establishing justice and equality, right? He says that the weak amongst you is deemed strong by me until I return to them which is rightfully theirs, and the strong among you is deemed weak by me until I take from them what is rightfully someone else's. So, you know, it's important that as uh, as leaders, we are in our own positions, are aware, uh, are conscious of those who don't have power. We are conscious of those who are less fortunate. We are conscious of those who are not always visible in front of us. Right? And this is not easy, right? This is uh, much easier said than done. But, uh, you know, it's very uh, important to be conscious, to, to try to be aware as much as possible of one's blind spots, right? Because when a position, uh, when a person is in a certain position, for every single one of us this is the case, we, uh, uh, you know, we're not always aware or it becomes uh, somewhat, uh, like it's almost natural to, to uh, be focused on the, the things and the people that we are familiar with and not be uh, not uh, so much be in touch with the people that we don't regularly see or we're not really aware of or who we don't really know personally or the types of people that we don't know personally. So it's very important in positions of leadership to think about everyone. And this is again from the son of the Prophet to look out for those who are not represented, to look out for those who don't have a voice, to look out for the disadvantaged and not to be swayed, swayed by power, wealth, and influence. And subhanAllah, you know, our, our pious predecessors, they would be very, very careful about getting close to leaders. And getting close to political leaders. The religious scholars would be very, very careful about their interactions and, the, and their dealings with political leaders. They would try to stay away. And getting too close would be seen as a dangerous sign because that would open the doors of corruption. You know, once you get close to power, to wealth, it becomes very difficult to uh, to always stand by what is correct. So that is something uh, to be very, very careful about. 
He talks about the virtue of struggle as well. He says that no group of people abandon struggle in the path of Allah except that Allah makes them suffer humiliation. SubhanAllah. And this is so important that there should always be some form of sacrifice and struggle for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When there is a legitimate reason for a physical struggle, then it is physical with all its rules of engagement and all the strict you know, regulations surrounding it. Otherwise, it can be through other means, but the objective is to struggle and to make sacrifices to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it's through defending the oppressed or standing up uh, for uh, the right to practice Islam or for the rights of others and for the message of Islam. He also mentions that evil and mischief becoming widespread is a cause for calamities. When calamities and challenges start affecting the ummah, know that these calamities and challenges have been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of, uh, in response to some evil or mischief that has become widespread, right? And even, you know, when we look at the disintegration of uh, the khilafah and the ummah and the current state of the ummah that, that the ummah is in, it must have happened for a reason, right? So when our disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases and it becomes widespread within, uh, you know, Muslim societies, let alone others, then it will result in calamities and problems. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and bring us close to him and may he uh, protect us. Ameen ya rabbil alameen. And finally, we learn that the leader is not above the law and especially not above the laws of Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When a leader sins openly and blatantly, they are not deserving of obedience and leadership. And of course, uh, like I said, the most important of, uh, of it all is the, the, the guidance and the laws of Allah and His Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So my brothers and sisters, you know, we hear all of this and we know that there may not be very much in our control in terms of the behaviors of people who are our leaders. However, we try to do whatever is possible. So in terms of selecting the right leaders, we try our best meaning the people who are the most uh, qualified and the most deserving for those positions and for the job. We try our best in terms of advising our leaders to the best of our ability. And when you see, you know, people get the opportunity sometimes, you don't get to meet the prime minister, meet the premier, meet the, you know, the MP, the MPP, the councillor, whoever. So, you know, always try to have meaningful conversations. Try to have meaningful conversations. It's not an opportunity just to smile and you know, take a picture so we could go and show it to others. Oh, I was with this famous person and feel good about ourselves that, oh, I met such a famous person. This is not going to do any good to us. Uh, use that opportunity to say something meaningful. Either you thank them for the good work that they're doing and you encourage them, or perhaps you give them some sincere advice. You give them some feedback in a nice way, um, or you raise some concerns. And use those opportunities in a meaningful manner. Don't just, you know, be like, oh, I was with the prime minister. So, Ajib. Huh? I don't want to say these things, but you know, you go to a gathering, Muslim community, the prime minister is there. It's like this Hajjul Aswad or something, Yani, like everyone's rushing towards the, oh my God, the prime minister is here. I want to get a picture. I want to get close to him. I want to take a picture with him. I want to make a video. I want to post it. SubhanAllah, like, okay, yes, he may be a nice man. He may be an honest man. He may be a good man. Whatever, okay, you get excited when you're around, his, around him. But Yani, give him, you know, he's a human being, right? I mean, seriously, I don't mean any disrespect to him. I respect him for his position and whatever good he may have done. Let's get our priorities straight, right? In terms of what are the things that actually matter. If you do, you know, get an opportunity to speak, then you use it for something, something good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me and, and guide all of us. So, you know, we try our best. That's what I'm saying. We try our best, whatever possible, in terms of rectifying our own behavior and trying to give 
uh, good advice, trying to do what is right, continuing to struggle for Allah, in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sincerity in the right way, you know, uh, trying to uh, rectify our own affairs, the way we, we run our organizations, the way we treat one another, all of those things. And inshallah, if we try our best and we try it with sincerity, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easy for us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will bless us with good leaders. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, protect us and continue to guide us. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Let us make dua. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Ya rabbal alameen, we thank you and we praise you for all of your blessings. Ya rabbal alameen. Oh Allah, we thank you and praise you for being our protector and for being our guider. Ya rabbal alameen. Oh Allah, please continue to guide us. Oh Allah, please grant us steadfastness and istiqamah upon your deen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect us from all types of hardships. Oh Allah, please protect us from all types of evils, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, we ask you for your protection against all types of trials and tribulations, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect us from all types of evils, whether they are visible or hidden, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect us from all types of illnesses, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, oh Allah, you are the one who cures Oh Allah, you are the one who protects. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we just try, but oh Allah, you are the cure. Oh Allah, you are the shafi. Oh Allah, please cure all of our brothers and sisters who are ill and who are suffering, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, especially our pioneers, our elders, Brother Mumtaz, Brother Abdul Sattar, our elder sister was uh, uh, living through pain and suffering, our brother and sister facing and uh, living with long-term injuries and pain, and everyone who is ill, everyone who has asked for prayers, everyone uh, who is currently in hospital, everyone who has been diagnosed with cancer or any other illness. Oh Allah, please cure all of them, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please purify their and our bodies, our hearts, our minds from all types of illnesses, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please ease the pain and suffering of our brothers and sisters all around the world, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please bless us with good leaders in every aspect, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, good leaders in every aspect of our lives. Oh Allah, make us good leaders in every aspect of our lives, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect us from oppressors, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, we ask you for your protection against all types of oppression and from all types of oppressors, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect us from becoming oppressors as well, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we grant relief to all of our brothers and sisters around the world who have suffered or who are suffering through tragedies and hardships and challenges, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please remove their pain. Oh Allah, please repair their losses. Oh Allah, we hear of pain and suffering in this ummah every single day, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you sincerely, Ya Rabbil Alameen, to forgive us and forgive every member of this ummah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, please shower your mercy and your forgiveness upon us, Ya Rahman Rahimeen. Allahumma fili jami'a mawtin muslimin. Alladheena shahidu laka bil wahdaniyya wa li nabiyyika bil risalah wa matu ala thalik. Allahumma fillahum warhamhum wa aafihim wa aafu anhum. واكرم نزلهم ووسع مدخلهم واغسلهم بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقهم كما ينقى الثوب الابيض من الدنس اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره اللهم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم أنت ربنا لا إله إلا أنت خلقتنا ونحن عبيدك ونحن على عهدك ووعدك ما استطعنا نعوذ بك من شر ما صنعنا نبوء لك بنعمتك علينا ونبوء بذنوبنا فاغفر لنا إنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت 
اللهم ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار اللهم انا نعوذ بك من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم انا نسالك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم انا نسالك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا حلالا واسعا ولسانا ذاكرا وقلبا خاشعا ويقينا صادقا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم انا نسالك حبك فحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما اللهم انا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن والعز والكسل والبخل والجبن ودلع الدين وغلبه الرجال اللهم انا نعوذ بك من زوال نعمتك وتحول عافيتك وفجاءة نقمتك وجميع سخطك يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم انا نسالك خير المساله وخير الدعاء وخير النجاح وخير العمل وخير الثواب وخير الحياة وخير الممات يا رب العالمين اللهم بارك في اعمار ابائنا وامهاتنا ومتعهم بالصحه والعافيه يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم ارحم من انتقل منهم الى رحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم انزلهم منزلا مباركا يا رب العالمين اللهم اغفر لنا ولاخواننا الذين سبقونا بالايمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين امنوا ربنا انك رؤوف رحيم اللهم حر المسجونين المظلومين خصوصا في بلاد المسلمين يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم الف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحد صفوفهم واصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم على الحق يا رب العالمين اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الاقصى يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظ وانصر اخواننا واخواتنا في كل مكان خصوصا في بورما وفي فلسطين وفي الصين وفي كشمير وفي الهند وفي سريلانكا وفي سوريا وفي العراق وفي اليمن وفي سومال وفي افغانستان وفي كل مكان اللهم انصر المستضعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح المبين يا رب العالمين ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين for those who are at home please offer four rakats of dhuhr for those who are coming for friday prayer please come at your allotted time which of course has moved moved back one hour due to the time change and we see you again soon inshallah assalamu alaikum